Uh, we have Jeff Holzem from the Jefferson City Citizens Climate Education Lobby Group on this week's for new gurus. Hello out there in podcast world. This is Renew Gurus, your source for all things energy policy and politics in Missouri and beyond. I'm Executive Director James Owen coming to you from my undisclosed location here in Columbia, Missouri. Uh, joined on the boards, as always, from the palatial Renew Missouri studios in Northern Columbia is Philip Sika. Hey, Philip. Hey, happy to be back in the HQ. And it's always good to have you back. <laughs> uh, so uh, now that Philip's on mute, uh, let's get uh, to our guest. Uh, this is uh, Jeff Holzem is a, is a fellow we have worked with on a number of uh, issues in the legislature. He is involved uh, in, in with the uh, as the group leader for the Jefferson City Citizens Climate Education Lobby Group. Um, he also does a lot of other work around Jefferson City as around the state. Uh, Jeff, how are you today? Great, James. Really, really good to be here. Appreciate a chance to come on your program and uh, talk with you about Citizens Climate Lobby and what we do and how I think we can work together. You know, you guys do some fantastic work at Renew. Uh, I'm really pleased with your accomplishments in terms of uh, solar and wind and want to congratulate you on that and just kind of illustrate today as we go forward how we can work together. Our missions, I think, are very compatible. I think we'll yeah. find that as we talk through this. Yeah, thanks for that. Your check's in the mail. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> what a plug. Um, so, Jeff, uh, you live in Jefferson City, yes? Yeah, and I can give you some background if you'd like on kind of how I got to where I am. Sure, yeah. Okay, uh, I grew up in kind of a rural area. My home was between two farms, so I was always outside whenever I could, mm -hmm. uh, walking in the woods, streams, fishing, swimming, just reading outside. You know, I just loved the outdoors and really respected nature and thought it was wonderful to have such blessing around us. I was very grateful for what we had. Unfortunately, though, I began seeing that uh, um, it wasn't always as good as I wanted it to be. And, and that kind of led me to looking at uh, what, what I became in, interested in, in right now, which is uh, Citizens Climate Education and Citizens Climate Lobby, as you mentioned. There are two, two really different groups, but uh, one focuses upon just making public aware of what's going on, and the other doing something about it in terms of lobbying and other, other techniques. And uh, in addition to that, I'm also involved in uh, Trade Unlimited. They are a major partner right now in terms of uh, reducing emissions. Uh, they have a goal to keep fishing alive and prospering, and we want to keep the world alive and prospering, and we can both work together, we, which we're doing by advocating for climate awareness and climate action and reducing emissions, which you guys are doing too. So we've got some common right. things that we're all, all interested in. Um, in addition to that, I've, I've got two roles with Trout Unlimited. One is what's called a climate change coordinator for the Missouri Council. I try to make people aware of what's going on. My local chapter in Columbia has actually endorsed a carbon pricing bill, as has TU National. So we're seeing some progress, uh, some cooperation between the two groups. I hope we can see more co cooperation between Renew and CCL as we go forward. I think we can help each other. Yeah, so on the climate, uh, uh, the climate council lobby, um... Kind of what is the citizens climate lobby? Sorry, can you kind of tell a little people a little bit about what that is and what they do and what their mission sure. is? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a volunteer organization primarily. We're we're nonpartisan. We're grassroots. We're international. We've got chapters around the world. 
We have 591 chapters throughout the world. Uh, we have over 181,000 members around the world. But that's kind of our background is what, you know, and our goal is to, is to help people get political, build political will for reducing emissions through carbon pricing. That's a goal we've had really for since 2010, we've been really stuck on that same goal. Uh, it, we've tried other ways of, of making things happen. Our founder was first interested in uh, things like changing out light bulbs, but he soon saw that wasn't gonna be enough to get the, what we needed to get accomplished done. So he really broadened our scope into federal legislation for climate action. So our whole, our whole mission is to do that. And let me just talk a bit more about that here. Yeah, how many, how many, how, I mean, like, let's say the Jefferson City chapter, how many members do you have there? We have probably 140 on our mailing list. Okay. Uh, not that many are very active. We might have 15 members at a given meeting, but uh, we've got some very committed people. Um, we do a number of things, really. We, uh, we, well, the whole organization has what we call five levers of political will. And those are things like lobbying, which I've actually done a couple times myself virtually in DC. We have people from our, our chapter who've gone every year since 2013, a couple of times a year. The uh, organization, am I going too fast, James? You want to slow me down here? Oh, you're doing great. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, thank you. Uh, the organization uh, has members from around the country, as I mentioned, will often have a thousand people or more in Washington, DC a couple of times a year. So it's a national effort. We've got one focus and we're attempting to uh, reduce carbon emissions and basically slow climate change that way. Yeah. But what we do, we actually have, uh, as I said, we've had people from our chapter go twice a year since 2013, uh, every, every year. Now, the last couple have been virtual. We've done this on Zoom, which mm -hmm. gives us a couple of chances. We can bring in more people who don't want to travel to DC. And I can say that we've had some, some, some good receptions from people in, in DC. Have you, when you talk to the folks in DC at this federal level, are you talking about anything specifically, any legislation specifically? Is it just about your mission? What are, are there any bills that you've talked about, like, like specifically to try to get support or opposition for? Sure, absolutely, yes. Uh, the one we really favor right now is a carbon fee and dividend. It's called the Energy Innovation Act. It's HR 2307. And it would reduce emissions greatly. It would reduce emissions by 50% by 2034. And the importance of that is really going back to uh, what we see happening around us every day. And we've got smoke in Missouri and to the East Coast from fires. And so there's a great urgency. Uh, what even makes it more clear is Intergovernment inter Panel on Climate Change has done a report. They began looking at uh, global warming in 2016 when, when we signed the Paris Accord. There were 195 nations that signed the Paris Agreement at that time. They, they've asked for a a review. And basically what that review has said is that it's going to take serious effort to keep global temperatures below 1.5 degrees C. We found that some places in the world are already above that. Mm -hmm. But one of the recommendations they have is carbon pricing. So that's been our big, our big mission is to make, make that happen. We believe it can work. Uh, the good thing about that is it will, it will be effective and it could help what your mission is too, certainly. To get well, your mission is to reduce climate change through renewable so i believe that's kind of what we're we're driving at so we have a lot in common i think on that you're talking about carbon pricing that's what you've been working on the past couple of years correct yeah yes exactly. so explain that concept to people i mean like and i know that's sure. one of the reasons i wanted to have you mm -hmm. on here is because you and i have been talking about um mm -hmm. 
this idea and I want to make sure our reporters kind of understand it better. So like in your, in your words, what is carbon pricing? What is this legislation that we're looking to do here? Okay. Uh, excuse me. There are basically three components of it. Mm -hmm. One is actually the price itself. And the way carbon pricing would work is that when a fossil fuel like oil or coal or natural gas is extracted from the earth, at the very source, there's a price on what the carbon dioxide emissions would be per ton. And so for example, the bill that, that our group favors would put it at $15 a ton. And let's put that in perspective. What does that mean? Okay, Let, let's say you're Amron or, or Empire or Energy, and you're buying coal, all of a sudden, and let me tell you why this happens, your coal price goes up by $45 a ton. Now, let me just delve into why that would happen. If you think back to your chemistry classes way back when, when carbon burns, it unites with oxygen. So one carbon and two oxygen atoms make a carbon dioxide. And so there's approximately six pounds of of, um, well, yeah, it's, it's uh, I'm sorry, one to three. Mm. So it'd be, it'd be triple the cost. So at 15 times three, it'd be $45. Oh, yeah, you're, you're basically saying, is this like, so, I mean, this carbon pricing, is this, yeah, I think I get it. I, I didn't do very well in chemistry in high school. That's why I became <laughs> a lawyer. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, so basically, are we talking, is this a tax or is this something well, different? It, it's, it's been termed a tax or a fee. And let me just explain why. Okay. It basically, it's like a tax because it charges for production. But in another sense, it's a fee because the second part of this whole theory is that the fee would be returned to us. It's all given back. It isn't, none of it's kept by the government. Oh. And we have some administrative costs, but it's all returned. So in that sense, it's more like a fee that gets paid back. When you say us, I mean, do you mean like ratepayers? Do you mean taxpayers? All Americans. So we have like the, the government would collect it and return it to like people who pay taxes or just everybody? Everybody. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's one way to do it. There are variations ways on the dividend. Some people would say, some bills would say, don't give it all back. But, but the one that our group favors would give it all back. So even, okay, so like, and I have to like get, sorry. I, this hey, no is, worries. This is me being like weird policy wonky person. Like, I mean, so who would be, like who's in charge of delivering that money back? It's it's not the IRS if it's not a tax, or is it because they're collecting revenue? Probably would be the Treasury. The Treasury. Yeah, okay. there's some entity that would that is used to giving out money, and yeah. so they would be able to, to to write the checks basically. Okay, and I mean, so like in theory, like I mean, does your does your group talk about like how much each person would get back? I mean, like uh, you know. <laughs> How would that work, even if I'm not okay. using electricity? Okay, yeah, that's a good question. Thank you yeah. for asking that. Uh, basically, as I mentioned, the second part of this plan is a dividend. And the way it would work is once it's collected, it would then be returned to all households, all, all, all people in the country. And, and studies have shown that over half of the people in the country would get back more in dividends than they spend on higher energy costs. Mm -hmm. So middle and lower income people would benefit financially from this. And the reason is, is kind of this. People with more money can, can have two or three homes, could travel a lot more, spend a lot more on fuel. Whereas, you know, middle income people aren't going to be doing as much. So their energy costs are going to be much lower. So uh, by, by this plan, most people would get back more than they would spend on higher energy costs. Mm -hmm. 
And okay. it gives them a chance to have this extra money in their pockets. They can use it for more wise choices. You might decide to buy an electric car or, or hybrid because it's, if it's more expensive, you might decide to do it because your, your fuel costs are going to be less and you've got money in your pocket. Right. Yeah. Okay. I get it. Um, and so uh, you, you mentioned, you know, we, we've talked about this. You and I have kind of shared some emails about this. You said that there is some Republican interest in this because this doesn't sound like something a Republican would like. They don't like, they like people to keep their money. <laughs> well, actually, that's a great question, James, because yeah, that's definitely the case. But the good thing about it is uh, there's a growing awareness that something needs to be done. I mentioned the IPCC report. There's increasing awareness among everyone in the country, you know, with what's happening around us, that something has to be done. Mm -hmm. you know, the 17 inches of rain recently in Tennessee in 24 hours. Very scary. A lot of some people lost their lives with that. Yes. Yes. 22 yeah. people I saw today. So, you know, I, I think also we're seeing surveys of even young Republicans are saying, they favor carbon pricing. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you why. Uh, obviously, there, there's a great need for something to happen with the environment. But look at the other choices. What can you do? You can do regulations, which are very unpopular and, and very ineffective. And we tried the clean power plant. It took yep. six years to try to get it going, and it still hasn't been implemented all the way. So right. a lot of snafus with regulations. Uh, they could be undone by the next administration. And the other thing is that... Uh, it has to go through lots of reviews, possibly, maybe it goes through the courts, whereas a law like this could happen in six months. It happened in Canada. They passed a, a national policy within six months. They had it in place. Uh, several provinces in Canada actually do carbon pricing. A couple of them do cap and trade, which is another thing we'll get into right now. But, yeah. uh, we tried that too, and it didn't go anywhere <laughs> back a long time ago. Yeah, it's, you know, there, there are disadvantages to that. And maybe if I could just kind of take you back to the third part of the, uh, oh yeah, kind of, I kind of got, got you off track here, but let me take you back to what else this, a carbon pricing could, would do. The, the third component is what's called a border adjustment, which gets back to your question too about Republicans. Uh, right now, EU is considering, well, the, every, every country in the EU right now has some form of carbon pricing. Canada has, some, has carbon pricing in place. And what they're looking to do is make a level playing field for their businesses. Their costs are higher because their energy costs are higher with, with pricing carbon. But to keep it working for them, they want to charge a tariff on incoming imports, which would affect well, our businesses. It would that be. So those, so those countries are talking about not necessarily a tax, not necessarily a fee, but a, a tariff on those goods. For countries that don't okay. price carbon. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, which also free market people don't like tariffs. No, they don't. Um, if, we, if we have our own, that would, that would avoid that problem. So it would be a way to get support among uh -huh. conservatives and it would level the playing field for businesses. Uh -huh. By the same token, if we have a carbon price and we ship goods to someplace that doesn't price carbon, then our businesses would get a credit. Some of that money collected would go, would go to them. Mm -hmm. So they would be reimbursed for their extra cost. I see. So I, mean, I, I have to imagine like steel companies, <laughs> utility companies do not like this legislation, this idea. Well, you know, there's new core in Sedalia. It's all renewable. That's right. You know, and actually <laughs> the first uh, steel, uh, kind of like the steel manufacturer in the world mm -hmm. ran Very entirely impressive. off of... Um, off of wind there in Sedalia. That's right. Um, but they still like steel does still come from carbon. 
Yes. I mean, like we haven't solved that problem yet. As a matter of fact, you know, I talked to some of my union buddies. I, I have friends that kind of do work on this, you know, they've mm -hmm. always said they've been saying about Biden's infrastructure bill about the clean energy. Cause you know, unions tend to sometimes be protective of coal plants because they have workers there and they're good paying jobs there. But they basically said like, well, you know, all the steel that Biden is proposing for all of this is pretty much okay by the, <laughs> uh, by, by some of the steel workers and that sort of thing. And that's all carbon. Um, but uh, you know, yeah, I mean, there is still, but there is, there are other ways that we, I mean, would, car, would this carbon pricing also affect steel and that kind of raw material? It would affect anything that uses energy, James. So, okay. So, so but the good thing about it is, though, it catches all, all sources of it, where regulations would have to maybe go into one place at a time, cement, steel, whatever, whereas this would affect all sectors. So, that's a great way to achieve the results. Mm hmm. And in that, you said that is a bill that has been introduced in front of the, the House of Representatives right now. Yeah, there actually are, are five bills in Congress. Oh, okay. And there are three in the Senate and two in the House. Okay. The one that our group favors is called the Energy Innovation Act, and it would give all the dividends back to, to people. Uh, and who does, other who ones sponsored that? Just, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. Oh, right yeah. Who I'm sponsored that? that right now? I can show you the other ones. Okay. Okay. Um, that one is, has 79 co-sponsors right now in the House. Okay. At the moment, they are all, all Democrats, mm -hmm. but there's definitely momentum behind that. Um, there's one called America's Clean Future Act, which is in the Senate, would have 75% of the revenue going back to households, and the rest is invested in clean energy. So that's another, another option. That was Senator Durbin of Illinois who put that one out. There's one called the Save Our Futures Act, which is... Uh, Senators White House and, Ch and, and Chats, plus eight co-sponsors. It has a carbon price with air pollution controls. Money goes to payment, some of it goes to payments in America, to, to us. Some of it goes to uh, investments in fossil fuel communities and block grants to states. And there's one called the Climate Rebate Act. The Senators Coons and Feinstein mm -hmm. has about 70% of the money going toward households. The rest goes toward infrastructure, research development and transition assistance. And there's one called the Market Choice Act, which has a small amount of carbon pricing in it. So variations of it. And let me just say what, what my group would think about all these. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you guys might have a different opinion of what you might prefer, but uh, there are two red lines for citizens' climate lobby. Uh, the first is that it must be effective. You know, any bill that we, we should really support has to be seriously able to reduce emissions. Mm -hmm. uh, the bill that we back would do that 50% by 2034, 80% uh, later on. So that's one, one red line. The other one is that it must not harm low-income people. So some of these measures give a lot of money away to other things. So that would be a concern with, but, but I think the important thing now is that we need to get something in the reconciliation bill that prices carbon. We can talk about the details, but let's get something in there right now. We've got a chance to make that happen. I hope we get some of your folks to support us in, in making calls and emails on that. I really think that would be beneficial. Uh, I've actually gotten calls or emails from people. Uh, one was in the state of Washington, state of California recently, urging me to make the calls. And I told them, I said, I've already been doing this. I'm getting other people to do it. But uh, there's widespread effort right now to make people aware of what's happening and to get some action on doing something about it.
Yeah. So like for anyone listening to this, I mean, you know, I know it's a little tough in Missouri because we don't have a lot of like really forward thinking lawmakers and the congressional delegation about this. I mean, what if a person who supports Renew Missouri is interested in helping with this, what would you tell them to do? Uh, great, great question, James. Uh, two things. I, first of all, I would encourage them to join Citizens Climate Lobby. Okay. It's quite easy. There's a website, cclusa.org. So it's basically cclusa.org. Okay. Uh, click on that. You can read about the organization. You can sign up to join us. Uh, once you do that, you'll be contacted by somebody in one of the chapters around Missouri. We have six chapters in the state. We'd be more than happy to welcome anybody new to come and join us. We've got some great volunteers through that kind of thing. And uh, we've got Columbia, Jefferson City, St. Louis, Kansas City, uh, Rolla, and Northeast Missouri right now. Nothing, nothing in my, my part of the world in Springfield? <laughs> uh, we're working on that. Okay. You can help us out there. We're trying to make that happen there. I say it's my part of the world. That's where I'm from. And I yeah. know that there are a lot of, uh, we have a lot of supporters down there. And mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm kind of surprised that they, that you don't have a chapter down there. I mean, Rolla doesn't surprise me because Rolla is like really, um, yeah. uh, really got a lot of very excited uh, folks on these topics. Yeah. Okay. So that's good to we're know. We're working on that. That's one of our goals. So, yeah. So, so people should just work through your organization to support this idea, to support this legislation? Well, that's one way. And the other way is they can do it directly. Okay. If they have a website, it, it's cclusa.org slash house. House. And there's one also at cclusa.org slash Senate. And those are our campaigns right now to make things happen during the reconciliation. Uh, it takes you to a, uh, if, if you click that link, it asks you to make a phone call and an email. For senators, one to each, same email, email goes to both. There's a sample email out there. It's really simple to follow. Pretty much it asks you your name. It fills the name in for you. And it just has a really simple message. I support carbon pricing. Please do it. And then okay. the other one is uh, the house will be the same way. And there's a simple script for a phone call and a number to call. It's really easy. I was kind of um, yeah. to do that, but I've gotten more into it now, and it's easy to do. Yeah. Um, okay, so and and are you doing any kind of virtual lobbying anytime soon, or is that already done um, for the season, or how's that? We've got that? a lobby day coming up in November. We're hoping it's in person. Uh -huh. We'd love to have somebody from your group go with us. It'd be fantastic. To DC? Yes, yes. Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Uh, in fact, let me just digress a bit here a minute. You probably remember Frankie Hawkins. Oh yeah, we are our old uh, our old clerk, uh, Frankie Hawkins. Yes. Yeah, she began with CCL as a student at Mizzou. She's very active in, as you know, in climate. Right. She traveled to DC with our group to lobby in person some years ago. I didn't know that. Yes, yes. She's a fantastic voice for the climate and for environment. Yeah, I think she just took a job. I mean, not that I should like be you know, broadcasting her, her work. I think she just took a job doing something in this field in St. Louis just uh, not too long ago. She's still working on this stuff. So, I thought she would be. She's a very dedicated individual and she's very capable. And yeah, she used to she used to work with us in Jeff City and was just phenomenal down there. Mm -hmm. so, if you're uh, folks, if you're listening, you also want to like be an intern with us or Clark, please email me at james at renewmo.org. Um, so Jeff, <laughs> uh, so what like other than doing this lobbying, does CCL do any other activities? Like what what else do you do if you're a part of your group? Yeah, that's a great point. Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, we have four other things that we do. Uh, 
uh, we, we reach out through media. We do op-eds, letters to the editor. In fact, you did one, I think, on renewable energy recently. Uh, yeah. We coordinated on that a bit. You did, you did all the work. I just <laughs> asked you to do it. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Well, <laughs> oh, I don't tell any of our secrets. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way to make, make a successful organization, right? Just get lots of volunteers to help you out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, that's absolutely right. Like, I mean, some people like, well, because we get, you know, emails and, and phone calls from people saying like, I want to help, but I just don't know how to do it. And you're like, well, you know, would you be interested in writing a letter to the editor? And like, what do I say? And you kind of tell them what they should put in there. And sometimes you help them with it. And yeah, nothing wrong with that. A great relationship with the, with the paper here. And that's one of the things we do as an organization. We yeah. provide a good deal of training on how people can do this. You know, there are sample letters to the editor you can get to. Yep. Incredible amount of training our group does provide. So that's the second thing we do besides lobbying. The third thing we do is what's called grassroots outreach. And that's pretty much just trying to talk to other people. Uh, we go out on, on to our friends, we go out on uh, our Facebook networks, whatever, to get other people to work with us. Uh, emails, just talk to people about reaching out to do the same thing we're doing. Uh, the more groups we have working on a mission, the better we're likely to succeed. And the more likely we're to get you know, buy-in from Congress as we do this. So that's the third thing we do. Fourth thing is what's called grass tops. That's kind of why I'm reaching out to, to renew. Uh, community leaders, business leaders can then get the message to others by in great numbers. Uh, Toronto Limited does that. They uh, reach out to all of our members there about climate change. Yeah, all five people listening to this podcast will be very excited to hear this. <laughs> I think we get we get more people than that, uh, but that and that's why I wouldn't have you on. Yeah. Um, yeah so, um, and you do some work at the state level. I mean, we've been talking about federal mm -hmm. work, but you do some lobbying at the state level as well, do you not? Uh, individually, I do. I work with Sierra Club, a conservation federation, just informally as a volunteer. Right. Uh, and plus, whenever something comes up right now. If I see a bad energy bill or, or something that would really affect farmers, yeah, I would be, I'd be on top of that. I've actually spoken about uh, some of the CAFO bills that have been, been mm. put forward. And so, I, you know, as, as an individual, our group is pretty much focused upon one thing as an organization, uh, things that pertain to climate change at the federal level. So that's kind of how we, as a group, we do this. We kind of keep our focus that way. But personally, I do more than that. And so, you know, that's why I really appreciate what you guys are doing in Missouri. It all helps, you know. We need to get yeah. federal legislation. Take the village, as they yeah. say. Take the village. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and kind of completely answered your question a moment ago. I kind of got, got you off the topic here, but the fifth thing we do as an organization is we try to build up our group, get new people to join us. The more people we have, the better off we're going to be. And so that's you know that's the other thing. And let sure. me just tell you how we how we do some of the things, how we operate too, if I could. Right. Yeah. Well, let's just say we're we're going to go to DC to lobby. It's extremely well organized and well prepared in what we do. Uh, we contact, we actually have people who are assigned the task of contacting legislators. Uh, we try to have one for every legislator in the country. And if somebody is in contact with them, says, okay, let's, let's, we're coming to DC, let's meet. We're having a virtual meeting, let's meet. Uh, as part of that whole session, we would have a, a lobby conference. In, in person, it would be in some big hotel in DC. We'd meet there for probably a day and have all kinds of speakers, some of which would be training, some of which would just be how to approach different people uh, in Congress or just motivation about what to do or some of the issues that face us as environmentalists. Mm -hmm. So then we'd spend two days on Capitol Hill lobbying. One is for the House and one is for the Senate. 
we would have probably, as mentioned before, maybe a thousand people from around the country or more who had 1,200 or so uh, descend upon DC and try to talk to every legislator in, the, in, in, in Washington, basically, try to meet with them. And, and we're, we're super organized. In addition to having a plan well ahead of time, we have an organization for the team. We have a team leader, we have a timekeeper, we have somebody who recognizes their appreciation. And we all speak about different parts of our, our mission. We always have two things we ask. We have a primary ask, which is always our carbon price, and a secondary ask. And so we, we're looking for uh, you know, two, and, we're, and as far as during that meeting, so we always try to approach them with respect. We recognize something they've done positive. We, we act with integrity because we know that we have to quote valid sources, we have to use data, be scientific driven to be, to be believed really. We, we, we build relationships doing that too. Uh, we have to meet with them year after year. So they began to think that they could trust us. In mm -hmm. fact, I met with a uh, legislative staffer recently, virtually a couple of times in a row. He's, he's, he's actually pleased to talk to us again because he knows we're not gonna bug him. We're not gonna be uh, angry at him. We're gonna just be respectful and appreciate his opinion, listen to him and have a great you know, conversation. Really, we're trying to share ideas. So we've got some good, good vibrations back from DC because of that. They appreciate what we do. Uh, we try to be, uh, we, we are definitely nonpartisan. We have to do that. That's really the way to make things last. Right. If you get something by one party, it could be undone the next year. And it takes, a, as you said, it takes both sides to make it happen. Uh -huh. So that's yeah. kind of how we. Right. Yeah. So you say you're going to be doing, you're hoping to do an in-person visit in November. I mean, mm -hmm. do you have to be a member of your group to like get information about that? Or are you going to be Not sharing it on your website? Not at all. I'd be glad to share with you guys. I'd be happy okay. to. Yeah, we'd love to share that. Fact, uh, let me digress a bit. I'm sorry, go ahead. Please, please. Yeah, uh, I mentioned Trout Unlimited and I've had a great relationship with Trout Unlimited. I'm a member of the chapter here locally and on this, um, it's a, actually it's a national climate change work group. Yeah. Through uh, Trout Unlimited. We've, our mission is to raise awareness and begin to advocate for climate action. But we've actually had people from the, the TU organization who've spoken at conferences it's Vice President of Government Affairs who's spoken on a panel, and our climate change work group coordinator spoke on a panel, at a, actually at a conference. So there's a great cooperation between the two organizations. And I think that's, and other, other groups are there too. That's just what I'm really familiar with. Mm -hmm. It's you know, a matter of getting a lot of voices to what we, you know, push our mission really is what makes it work. Right, right. Now, I also know, and I kind of was, I mean, I know we've only got a few more minutes here and, and this has been great to learn. I know you also work a little bit, you're interested in solar and like with your, with your church. Yes. We talked about that a lot. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like, and I think that's, and I just kind of want to talk about this because this is something that Renew Missouri is going to start doing mm -hmm. that we are, we're going to, you're going to start seeing over the next couple of years, a little bit of a shift in the work we do, I hope. Oh, okay. Where we are uh, looking to help nonprofit entities like churches, like mm -hmm. domestic violence shelters, like, um, you know, food banks, that sort of thing, help them with solar and uh, with, with giving grants, giving assistance so they can install solar on their rooftops. Uh, because we do think that, that, that some of the best ways to uh, support those other not-for-profits is by helping them reduce their energy bill, yeah. which solar does. I mean, do you yeah. think, I mean, do you think that, I mean, cause I, you know, I look at it, I mean, you're, you're talking about a big church, you're talking about a big building, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they are exempt because they are a not-for-profit from paying taxes, but they still have to pay utility bills. Right. That's a huge yeah. amount of, 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 an, uh, that's a huge amount of money that they could be using 
to help with food banks, <laughs> to help with their other causes. Mm-hmm. I mean, why don't you, I mean, it seems to me that it, it's, it's hard to convince people in, uh, you know, the administration of mm-hmm. churches to mm-hmm. embrace this. It has been hard for us. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, I mean, what do you think is the winning message to convince a church leader uh, as to why they should be embracing renewable energy, solar? Uh, I'm still looking you, for that. <laughs> uh, oh, you're okay. I'm looking for that. But you know, let, let me tell you something, Jeff. I mean, like from the part of the world I'm from, because I am from the southwest part of the world right. of Missouri. We're very, you know, evangelical. There's a lot of Pentecostal folks down there. Some, I'm not saying all, because I, I'm so I belong to a church. I'm not saying I'm not going to sit here and bash religion. I'm saying mm-hmm. some denominations look at like what you and I do, mm-hmm. and this is not an exaggeration as sun worshiping. Mm-hmm. That we are deifying the environment as opposed to, you know, like honoring God and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. which I find troubling because like, I feel like God has given this, this, this earth to take care of. Yeah, yeah. And that's just, that is not the opinion of Renew Missouri. That is my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I feel like um, that should be something that yeah. a religious person should care about. Totally agree. In fact, I've... Uh... I've been lobbying our pastor for years. Uh, Pope Francis wrote an encyclical called Laudato Si, which basically is care for the earth. Mm-hmm. He talks about how we must do this moral obligation. Uh, the, the worst impacts are going to be upon the people who can least afford it. Yes. And, and yes. He, you know, it's almost a social encyclical at that point. Of view. And I, I think that's one way we can reach out. We're going to actually have a presentation at my parish uh, on that theme coming up in October. I can make you aware of that too. In fact, I'll, I'll share that with you. It's going to be October 18th. Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to see that. When is that? October 18th at Immaculate Conception Church Hall on McCarty Street, in Jefferson City. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's the day where I'm going with some of your. I'm going to see some of your compatriots in Rala. Okay. Being at the CCL meeting that that Sunday afternoon, so maybe I'll just make Susan, it. maybe. Yeah, I think I might be making a, a whole fall trip through, <laughs> Super. through uh, the Missouri River Valley there. She that. actually came to our last presentation on, on one of these topics at, at our parish church here. She drove yeah. up from Rolla to attend, so she's, she's a great person. Or more details about my Rolla appearance uh, as we get center to that. Yeah, um, Yeah. so I mean, like it, to me, it just seems like it's an economic thing because they do have a, a big building that's not necessarily very efficient to run. Yeah. You, you've got to keep it like, you know, you want the little old ladies in there to be cool in the summer and be warm in the winter, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when they're sitting there at their pews. Sure. Yeah. Um, it just seems like it, it is something that would help. Yeah. In fact, let me just speak to that in a moment, if we could. Yeah. Uh, I talked to uh, the principal at uh, Sacred Heart School in Sedalia. Yeah. They have uh, put up a solar canopy, which has saved them about t- over $20,000 in two years. Wow. Do they saved on that. Philip, did you hear that number? Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's, pr- that's pretty awesome. Yeah, Philip's got some connections there to Sedalia. That's a good thing for that school. Hey, tell you what, Philip, if you can put me in touch with the, uh, with the man who did that, I've been trying to get more information about how they did that. So I've, I've actually reached out to get him to contact me about more information on what they did and how they did it. The big thing, and this gets back to your question a minute ago, is financing. Yeah. You know, my parish would have done it, except we couldn't afford it. And you we don't get the tax new, credit either. That's the other that's problem. That's right. We had Which, a couple of other things. We had a parking lot resurfacing and a, and yeah, a, and our emergency processing for Which fire. Which we are 
in the St. Louis area, at least now. And we just got, I guess I can make this announcement because it's kind of exciting. Hey. We've got some funding from the St. Louis Community Foundation to help not-for-profits with solar Ooh. and helping them to handle the tax credit portion of it's like to like monetize that. Okay. Um, so we are going to become experts in how to do that. Uh, so we could help your church or your not-for-profit with that. I mean, our specific funding is for St. Louis, but mm-hmm. I hear there are some Catholics in St. Louis and that there are, <laughs> I'm, I'm teasing, of course, I'm being, uh, <laughs> Of course, there's lots of Catholics in St. Louis. We could also like help with some of the structures there. Um, and so, you know, with helping them monetize that tax credit because they can't see the tax benefit from it because they don't pay taxes. Right. Yeah. But I'd like to hear more about your sort of service possibilities. I'm, I'm hoping to get something to happen this year at my church. Great. In the past, I really want to make something happen this year. I'm going to try to find a way to put up a solar canopy. Yeah. Hopefully other people that are listening have other places of worship that might be interested in this and uh we can help them navigate that process yes um yeah so i mean i so i know we're kind of up on the 30 minute mark here uh jeff is there anything like you want to impart with people before we leave like what what message you want about like joining the ccl or trout uh, you know um your other organizations that you would like people to know great thanks james yeah, yeah absolutely uh, what I just want to leave you with is this. Uh, I see more urgency every day, and I think you probably do too, looking at things that are happening around the country and around the world. So we need to do something about it together. And what CCL wants to do is a carbon price, which will speed the transition to renewable energy, which is exactly what you guys are all about. So I think we've got a, a great common interest in doing this, and I think we can work together to make it happen. Uh, I'd like to encourage people again to join CCL. Go to cclusa.org and join. Read about us there. And make a call to your senator and your representatives. Go to cclusa.org slash senate and cclusa.org slash house. Together we can make this thing happen. We need a carbon price and a reconciliation bill and we can do it together. Yeah. Well, yeah, we we are always wanting to uh, support our fellow Missourians who are doing this work. Uh, the people that we work alongside with. I know we've, you and I have worked together and we've worked on some things and I've really enjoyed that. And I've been trying to use this website as a, as a platform for some of the other advocates in Missouri. And I'm, I'm certainly glad, Jeff, that you are doing what you're doing uh, for all of these groups and that you are continuing to work uh, with us. I, I tend to find that I, uh, I have to juggle a lot. <laughs> so when I, I try to keep, keep, keep in contact with people, but it does... It is hard. So I, 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 I thank you for your patience with me and I thank you for your work. I appreciate what you guys do, James. Keep up the good work. Thank you. And I, I appreciate all of you out there in our, our podcast listening uh, group. Uh, if you like what you hear, be sure to go join the CCL. We would strongly encourage you to join that. We Renew Missouri isn't necessarily a membership-based group, so we would like to encourage you to do that. We will be working on s- several of the same projects together. Uh, If you like this podcast, share it on your social media page, Uh, subscribe to it on all major uh, podcast platforms and write a review. I mean, a positive one. Don't write a negative one. That doesn't do me any good. Uh, But if you write a review, then it gets in the algorithm and it like generates it to other people who are interested in the subject. So please write a review. Uh, And on behalf of Renew Missouri, wait, Philip, do we have anything that we want to tell people? Like, I know that we're doing a lot of work with the Rural Power Coalition. What do we need them to do like from that? 
Yes, uh, just go to ruralpowernow.us. We're pushing out a letter to Congress today. So we're going to have a lot of actions coming up for folks. So just stay tuned to that in social media. That's on our rural cooperative um, yes. legislation. Um, are we still looking for videos, Philip? We are, but uh, that might not be our main ask. So oh, Okay. Well, it's only going to take 30 seconds on here. What do we want people to do? <laughs> What do we want people to if do? You're, if you're willing to uh, make a, a short video for our rural advocacy around co-op issues, uh, we've sent out a lot of details. Just email me at philip, P-H-I-L-I-P at renewmo.org and I'll get you everything you need. We'll even film it for you. Yeah. Yeah. So you all have no excuse if you're in a cooperative. Okay. All right. Well, that was our plug. Jeff, uh, this holds them. If you, uh, CCL, we want you to get involved with that. And on behalf of Renew Missouri, we want to thank you for listening and take care of yourselves and each other. Have a good night, folks.